I mean, you're here. You're here for episode 37 of Fresh Floppies. It's a true story. Should they stay? True story. No one listening gets that reference. I, I thought that <laughs> as it was coming out of my mouth. It's like 30 years old. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the nation? You're listening to Fresh Floppies. We're here to talk about the freshest of floppies. Well, I guess they're not all the freshest, but we're going to rate them. Well, hold on. I mean, it depends on how you're using fresh. Yeah. Are fresh as in they are brand new. Shit, you're right. Today. Yeah, they're all fresh. But are they fresh as in like dope? really good, dope, yeah. fresh? Um, I feel stupid saying dope. I say dope. it all the time. I say dope. Yeah, I yeah. say dope ironically, unironically, ironically. There are a lot of things that I started saying ironically, and now I say them unironically, like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, at work, I say dope way too yeah. much. It's just oh, like, dope. hey, is this copy edit pretty good? Dope. Let's go. Dope. Yeah, it's, let's go. <laughs> uh, what's a floppy? It is an issue that comes out once a month, and it's sometimes, sequential. Sometimes bi-weekly. Yeah. Uh, it's a single. We're not going to buy. We're, we're not in the buy erasure here. We're gonna, so. No, we're going <laughs> to. We're actually going to talk about the. Um, Scheduling structure of comic book no, periodicals. We're not. <laughs> That's so boring. <laughs> Welcome to Numbers and Comics, episode 37. Uh, spoiler free reviews of single issue comic books, one chapter, and an ongoing story, um, soap opera, if you will. Uh, and yeah. we want to incite you to read these books. So that's. That's why we're doing this. We're going to start off with uh, Fall of the House of X, number one, by Duggan and Wernick. Let's see. Wait, before we talk about this book. Okay. So this is the end of the Krakoan Age. Yes. The beginning of the end of the Krakoan Age. The beginning Age. of the end of the Krakoan Age, which started with House of X, Powers of Ten. Yes. That was two miniseries, both written by um, Jonathan Hickman, art by R.B. Silva and Pepe Larraz, mm. um, six issues each, and they came out weekly. Um, one issue of House of X, the next issue of Powers of Ten, House of X, Powers of Ten. Like, it was a 12-week... No, this is not going to be it, but this is a 12-week event that set up this new status quo. Just- and the books were related but also not at all Mm -hmm. like the first the one book was just status quo house of x powers of 10 was 10 year 100 year 1000 year increments of where the mutants are yeah so that is my context for reading fall of the house of x because there is a sister series that starts next week called rise of the powers of 10 Mm -hmm. so fall of the house of x rise of powers of 10 this one is written by jerry duggan with art by lucas wernick yep who Jerry Duggan is the current writer of X-Men proper and was Marauders. And Lucas Wernick was the artist on Immortal X-Men. Ah. Next week, Fall of the Rise, Rise of the Powers of, of, the of Ten, Powers of 10 is written by Kieran Gillen, ah. who is the current writer of well, I mean, I guess it just ended, of Immortal X-Men. Yeah. I don't know who's the artist, but Lucas Wernick was his artist on Immortal X-Men. So they're swapping. So I have no idea why they're swapping or what they're swapping. Either way. But that's my context. Like, okay, so I'm expecting two miniseries that are separate but kind of related. Yeah. And these are coming out to a month. So fall is today, rises next week, and then February is issue two of each. Oh, thank you. Okay. And I think it's going to run all the way up to relaunch. So this is the beginning. Yeah, this is the beginning of the end. It was a long way of me saying I'm not sh- what I expected 
is not exactly what I got yeah. based off of the information that I had before. How much have you been reading just Krakoan era? Uh, so you and I had dipped in with the Hellfire Gala months ago, and we were both like, holy cats, what the? It's huh? pretty fun, right? And so uh, I read a couple of issues after that, and then because of life, I just fell off. So I haven't read an issue for weeks. What um, Do you remember what series you were reading, or were you just reading it all? I think I tried a couple of them, mm-hmm. and then just yeah, I got distracted. Fair yeah, enough. So I, I am not up to date with most of this. Do we? So I... We're not going to spoil anything in here, except for we know that apparently Cyclops has been captured by Orcus, and he's been taken to Paris yeah, to that was, that was in face the, judgment. That was in the first couple of issues of... It was actually in Hellfire Gala. Hmm. Hellfire, like, he was at the treehouse in New York yeah. when all that shit went down, and then he got captured, busted up, his mm, okay. eyes shown shut, and he's been a political prisoner oh, this whole right. time. That's right, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now he's on trial in... Paris in France and we start we start this issue media res with members of the X-Men that are still on earth mm-hmm. try uh, uh, in the middle of a plan to break uh, Cyclops, Cyclops out. out of prison yeah but um, things go in as planned and it ends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happily ever after uh, how do you feel about the screwball special <laughs> oh that was cute they're trying to figure out uh, a new name for it um, what did you think of this issue altogether? It was fine. Yeah. Uh, this did not grab me as much as the Hellfire Gala did. Like, the Hellfire Gala, I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. this is crazy. And this one was just fine. Um, I, I wasn't particularly engaged with it. I think it was okay. Um, it, I, yeah, I wasn't s- stoked on it. It struck me as – so it was um, – This to me, this is something that Duggan does – I'm not going to say it's a problem Duggan has. Um, it's just something that I've noticed in how I enjoy his writing or not. He is a very decompressed storyteller. Yeah. So one single issue does, like, even though tons of stuff happens, it doesn't feel like there's it any meat like on the bone. feels like table setting. It doesn't feel like there's any meat on yeah. the bone. Even though we've been table setting for a while now. For a couple years now. Yeah. Um. I And, and it's not a bad, it's not a bore, it just never feels whole. Yeah. I found I prefer reading his stuff in trade. I see. So, like, the first two trades of his X-Men, I tried them in issues here and there, but I just couldn't hold on, and I got a little Mm. bored. In trade, they read like water. Very fun. Mm. So I'm I'm not advocating for, you know, do how I do, but I found I think I prefer Jerry Duggan's writing in trade. Okay. Yeah, personally. Just like how I kind of prefer Bendis in trade. Like, they, they have a very decompressed way of, like, Tons and tons of table setting, and then in the last possible second, a shit ton of plot happens, yeah. and a shit ton of stuff happens, but it just doesn't feel weighted, or it doesn't feel um, balanced for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a shit ton of cool in here. Like, yeah, there's, there's interesting stuff. You know, there's, there's a certain thing that happens. You know, they've got their team set up to do their particular thing that they're about to go do, and someone just pieces out without telling anyone. I think, and I think that has to do with Rise of the Powers of Ten. Okay, especially that weird. character who like, was introduced we... in Ri- in in Powers of Ten. Yeah, I think, I think that so that that is the scene you're referring to is the only scene in the entire book that feels out of place. Mm. I think it's set up for the other book. Gotcha. All right. So yeah, uh, this is fresh enough. It's fine. I know because I do enjoy the X Men and I kind of know what's going on. Um, I wasn't lost. I was just kind of like, all right. If you're steeped in it, I think this is probably required reading. As an entry point, no. One, well, you know, I don't know who's crazy enough other than us to like. Let's start at the end. Yeah. Um, but 
But also, too, I have a feeling I'm going to be as uh, the whole reason why I went through the whole like explanation of what my expectations were in regards to House of X and Powers of Ten and how those related versus how these are going to relate. I don't think these are going to be very different series. Yeah. I think they're just Probably going one, to be back and forth. Yeah. I, I kind of like two 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 storylines that parallel each other as opposed to two separate miniseries that you don't know are related until the end. I wish that they would do I wish they had bookended it thematically the way that yeah. Hickman started it with just just do the last 12 issues. Th- even, this is the end of it. Even um they did this f- uh, the deaths, lives and deaths of Wolverine. Yeah. That was another like five issues of one miniseries, five issues of another. It was like yeah. the deaths of, the lives of. Even though they were both the same writer and they were different miniseries. One was was um, Wolverine traveling into past versions of his body to stop Omega Red from time sliding. A yeah. completely different like thing. And the other one was a techno-organic Wolverine chasing down... Um, Moira. Yeah. They were totally separate, and at the very end, they kind of came together. So at least that kept the paradigm of like this bi-weekly thing. Yeah. This feels like it's just going to be a ten-issue miniseries with two different titles. Yeah, because after this is Fall of the uh, uh, Rise of the Powers of Ten, Wolverine forty-one, Invincible Iron Man, X-Men thirty, Cable number one, Resurrection of Magneto number one, X-Force number forty-eight. It That's is all of January's books. It's endemic of the issues I probably have with X-Men right now. The yeah. fact that there's. Too There's much. so many threads I get lost yeah. and tangled, right? Yeah. Like, I just... I, that, that's for the problem. People, that's, that's amazing. For me, the problem for this whole Hickman era is miniseries, 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 miniseries. What miniseries does it... What, what miniseries is this? Does this follow this other miniseries? Oh, this miniseries? Oh, that doesn't follow this miniseries. It, it's infuriating I used to tell people, and I, I still hold this, for that first 25 issues, Yeah. all you needed to read, and I'm doing this with air quotes, all you needed necessary to read in order to understand what's happening in Krakoa is anything that's got Hickman's name on it. Yeah. Everything else, varying degrees of awesome, mm-hmm. but almost all of it was side stories in this setup that yeah. they created. So, and like, then he left, you could so. literally read all of Marauders yeah. without having touched the X Men books. You could literally read all of X Men without touching anything in Hellions, yeah. even though they were all like great books on their own. None of it was required reading for understanding what's going on. Yeah. And I think some people just kind of got into it a little too hard and like thinking that everything was necessary. And then they got overwhelmed. Overwhelmed yeah. and I'm out. Um, I, one last point. I know we're talking way too much about this one fucking book. Everyone's talking now about it's the end of the Krakoan age and I, we both love collected editions and omnibuses and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. How would this get all collected? Dude, I've been thinking about that for the longest time. I have no idea. Like, <laughs> as a thing, as a storyline that people can go back and visit, no idea. No idea how people would do that other than, like, ten omnibuses. I, the quickest way for me to not purchase any of this mm. is for them to be anthology omnibuses mm. of eight different, eight or ten different series all in You're talking about the, order. The, the, the trade paperbacks that yeah, they had done, the collections? Was, um, uh, what was this? Rain, what was there was like a couple. Reign of X? Yeah. Or Dawn of X, Reign of X, Trials of X. Etc. Se- each era had like 17 trades. Yeah. And that worked for maybe two months yep. because it was like 12 issues kind of all setting up this, the whatever. But then you had random mini series, series that were that were not good, yeah. uh, that had nothing to do with anything, all interrupting the momentum of the 
ones you want to read. Yep. So if they collected all that in omnibuses, that is the fastest way for me to never give a shit. Yeah. I want all of Duggan's X-Men. Yeah. I want all of... Marauders. Uh, all of Marauders. Well, I have it. But yes, I want all of Marauders mm -hmm. uh, in hardcovers. I want all of um, uh, uh, Immortal X-Men from Kieran Gillen. I want these alone, not I have to finish Immortal X-Men in between 400 pages of something else. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine that being the best. Uh, only know. completionists who, despite themselves, hate an experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, don't, don't, I, I don't get it. I don't know how I would sell it. Like once this is all over, if someone wants to read it, I have no idea. Other than start, other than their starting point, and then the Hickman X Men, no idea. Mm -hmm. They would have to have some sort of numbering system or something to help us out. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, sorry that was yeah. uh, that was overly long, but uh, there's a lot to talk about with the X Men. Uh, That's true. <laughs> uh, I uh, was actually more excited than that. I was excited for Pine and Merrimack. Number one from Boom Studios by Kyle Starks and Fran Galan. This is issue number one of a mini series. So one of my favorite horror, I guess horror series. It's definitely horror, yeah. Of last year was uh, I Hate This Place, or if you buy the alternate uh, issues, Fuck This Place. <laughs> and it's by Kyle Starks. I also was a member of his, we were both members of his mm -hmm. sticker club. Mm -hmm. uh, delightful fella. I like his humor a lot. And this is... Um, a detective story. Yeah, it's a detective agency of uh, a married couple detective agency. She is a former homicide detective um, with, you know, some horribleness in her past. And he is a former boxer. Yeah, MMA. Who just starts to work for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah they so fell like, in love and he left to go help her start this in a, in a small town. And Pine and Merrimack are not their names. No. They are... The Kents. The, yeah, they're the Kents, but Pine and Merrimack is the um, the cross-section streets that their office is located on. Pine and to Merrimack which I go, Detective Agency. If you guys ever move your office, what do you, you're going to have to change your name. Never mind. Well, they can keep it. The name stays the same. Uh, so um, what did you think of this? Um, I was re So I'm a big fan of Kyle Starks, um, and I, especially with something like I Hate This Place, I really, really am enjoying him play in other genres because for yes. a good five years you only saw his name on uh comedy yeah on funny books mm -hmm. literally um like he was writing rick and morty forever oh no kidding yeah ah, that tracks. um but uh i was very excited to kind of read this because i know that he he's a very charming individual and i know he writes charming characters yeah um so i was excited uh i'd have no idea this artist who this artist was but now i'm a fan I love this kind of angular but soft uh, painterly style. Mm -hmm. um, it's got a Matteo Scalera feel to it that I really, really enjoy. Um, I like this a lot. I was reading this and I immediately felt like I would watch this television show for five or six seasons. Oh, for sure. It is It is very much a... So the, in this first issue, they're setting up one case. And I mean, they give you backstory uh, in almost a rush montage first sequence mm -hmm. um so i obviously i think it's gonna relate to her childhood in some way but yeah i would i would absolutely i would experience this story because i think it's incredibly charming i think the characters are really charming mm -hmm. um it's i like think it's alias it's, meets reacher a little bit jessica he, jones he meets is reacher. he is very much a reacher character like the um mr kent uh, her husband is very much a giant force of nature person and she 
wheels him around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he is more than happy to do it for her. Um, and she is very much a kind of, uh, she's no bullshit, but she's not harsh. Um, yeah. I, 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 she's pleasant. The, there's, there's a couple of weaknesses in the dialogue, the storytelling, a little bit of the tone, but everyone's so charming. Mm-hmm. I kind of just wash over it. Yeah. Yeah. This was my favorite book of the week that I read so far. Uh, I enjoyed this a lot. I do like the art, the Matteo Scalero of it's it so all. so good. Agreed. Yeah. Um, with his own sort of vibe going on. And uh, I always like the the scene where you find out how um, observant a character is. Yeah. Because this guy comes in, he's like, I want you to catch my wife cheating on me. And she's like, um, we're not going to do that. You're an, you're the asshole. And here's all the reasons I know that you're the one cheating. And she <laughs> just like points out the things that are on his person. Um, so uh, I always like those sorts of scenes. Oh, and then like immediately followed by um, somebody throwing actual, actual shit, shit on their door yeah. or on their window because they had a case against them. Like, yeah. I, I, I like the the nine to five nature of how they're they're telling this story, which yeah. is really fun. Because I think a lot, a lesser, maybe a lesser or a different story would just focus on the mystery and be a little bit grim about it. This is a serious story with, but it features people that have more than one emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) They express more than one emotion. For sure. So like this isn't a comedy book, but there's really funny parts in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I like that. The idea of- And also the downfall of- being a uh, a private detective in a very small town. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like someone, someone who walks past your building every day is going to throw literal shit at your window because you fucked her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, well, not fucked her, but yeah, caught uh, her. I, I'm. Uh, I think this is just a five issue miniseries. I'm. I love it. It, yeah, it it's feels delightful. Uh, you know, like uh, old episodes of. Uh, let me think of a reference for people that are under forty five. Um, Castle. I was thinking, yeah, Castle. Because I, I wanted to say like. Uh, was the one with Maverick, uh, Rockford Files, oh, <laughs> and Columbo. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. Um, uh, yeah, so, and in the back here, there's a, a note from Kyle Starks, the writer. Oh, yeah? Who's like, one of the most beautiful, marvelous things in the world is a happy couple. I don't believe there's anything more life-affirming than to see two people who are so wonderfully and seamlessly interwoven with each other. It's like pu- joy poetry. It's hypnotic. Pop culture has always chosen to rarely, hi- or has chosen to rarely highlight this magnificent sight. In sitcom, the couples is always antagonistic or cruel. Rom-coms are always about the precursors to the long-term relationship. Dramas don't work unless there's drama, obviously. So I, you do feel that these two people actually are like happily married and enjoy each other's company, which is nice. So I didn't read that, but that makes me immediately think of um, when Bendis took over Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his like things in interviews was, I want, I want to show just how good of a marriage Clark and Lois have. Yeah. So good, in fact, that she's off writing a book, and a he hotel. gives her her yeah. space. Yeah, like yeah. they are so strong that distance mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah, like, I, like I, I, I like I like seeing couples work, and I think it's sometimes sometimes the drama is awesome, but sometimes it also is kind of yeah. cheap <laughs> to just constantly put people in precarious situations uh, relationship wise and also with ongoings i get frustrated with the will they won't they silliness of it i like so uh, i i understand when i read comic books let's talk about spider-man when i read comic books i know that there's no real ending yeah because these people can't walk off into the sunset it's mm. a perpetual second act it has to keep going but i do think sometimes that they uh react too fast like mj and felicia 
give me two years of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it won't last forever. I know that's just not uh, a one true love. I get it. Sit with it for Wait, a little Peter bit. Peter and Felicia? Sorry, Peter and Felicia. No, MJ and Felicia. Yeah, I was like, hold give on. Wait yeah. a minute. What am I missing? Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's going but, on with MJ and Felicia? I mean, she's bi. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I want them to... I would love for them to have a little bit more conviction yeah. in relationships yes. and setups, but also I know that they cannot have finality, mm-hmm. so I don't care. Like Same. when somebody breaks up, it's like, I get it. That's okay. fine. Yeah. I-, I was enjoying this dynamic, though. Let's let's not be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, that was uh, Fresh AF. Yeah, I Fresh really as fuck. I liked yeah. it a lot. Uh, Vengeance of the Moon Knight, number one from Marvel Comics by Jed McKay and Alessandro... Capuccio. 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 I haven't read Moon Knight in forever. Uh, 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 the Warren, was it Warren, not the Warren Ellis one. The one where he was in the uh, hospital. They got a lot of Lemire. the TV show. Lemire's. Lemire's is the only full run of Moon Knight that I've ever read. I've never been a big Moon Knight guy. And I know that Jed McKay has a, been writing this. Moonhead? Dude. I'm not a Moonhead. No. I'm not a Moonie. Not a Moonie? Um, not a Moon Knighter? Um, Jed McKay's been writing him for a little bit. I don't care. Um, the first thing I noticed about this was, okay, so Jed McKay was writing Doctor Strange, and then he killed Doctor Strange, and then wrote a mini-series about the people who uh, have to deal with Doctor Strange being gone, and then this is that again. Go on. Um, (laughs) Go on, King. So, uh, I wasn't, uh, I don't really care about any of these characters. Uh I don't know any of these characters. I wasn't particularly interested in the art style, um... Uh, th- this was barely fresh for me. Um, I think this was fresh. I've read uh, there's a couple things I have to talk about. <coughs> um, I've read <laughs> I read the first arc of this book, and I read issue twenty five. Um, where he dies? No. Oh, issue thirty is where he dies. Oh, okay. Thank you. And then this is the immediate follow up. It is a renumbering, but it is a different Mark Spector, if it's even Mark Spector. Um, in the course of that series, they did set up the Midnight Mission, which was basically just protecting people at night, no matter what they are, as long as they're innocent. So, like, vampires, monsters, goblins, doesn't matter. It's the Midnight Mission. Oh, I did like that about this book. Yeah. I like that it is very supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, set up, I, I knew. It wasn't bad. Very good. Uh, in regards to his Doctor Strange, um, he started killing with the death of Doctor Strange, oh, yeah. by the way. Oh, my bad. It wasn't Sorry. a setup and then I killed him. Sorry. It was the first issue of Doctor Strange he ever wrote in the miniseries Death of Doctor Strange, which is great. Um, so I just had to clear that up. Uh, this, <laughs> having loved that, uh, was this great? This was, if I was, if I was uh, on board this whole series, I would think this is probably the coolest goddamn thing because I haven't read 60% of this series. It's just pretty cool. Okay. Because I really like Moon Knight. I've read a lot more oh, Moon yeah. Knight than you. He's not my guy. Um, I love the malleability of Moon Knight. You can have him be a foil, a villain, or mm. an altruistic hero all in like the same too, breath. Yeah. So the way that he's been doing this series, it's been a little bit more supernatural. It's been a little bit more chaotic good mm. because Mark slash Jake slash Steven sometimes do things that are really fucked up or they do it in the name of, you know the right uh net positive the good um which is fun to read because i so i have a little bit more fun reading something like moon knight versus something like punisher even though they are both anti-heroes the punisher is very much a blunt instrument moon knight is a little bit more of a multi-tool and there's pathos (laughs) that's true like 
Uh, Frank Castle is just a force of nature pushing through and then, you know, banging down the door. Moon Knight, you there's... you never quite know what you're getting with Moon Knight. No. You've got options. There's there's uh, diplomacy, there's pathos, there's, there's multiple different, like, versions of the character. And what Jed McKay has done in this series, and I'm excited to revisit it because I've only read chunks of it. I'm, I'm hoping they do, like, a two-volume omnibus or something with the first series and then... But whatever. Um, is he gave him a cast... Yeah. All of these characters that you're meeting here. And I will say this number one, this is accessible. I think it is oh, yeah. accessible. Like they they oh, do a yeah. quick introduction of everybody. All you need to know is that these people were working with Moon Knight. He's not there anymore. And they're just trying to keep his office open. Mm-hmm. The Midnight Mission open. So and they give you like quick introductions of everybody. Yeah. So I do think that this is accessible. If you want to jump on and see how it is, that's fine. But um. All of these characters that are in here have been built up and have been kind of part of his team. Like, I'm spoiling myself because in the first arc, this uh, Hunter's Moon character is a foil. He's a bad guy. And now he's kind of a oh, part of this team, team oh, because they're both priests of Kanchu. I did not know that. So, like, there's, I think there's some fun character building stuff in here. And being now a bigger fan of Jed McKay, I have a little bit more patience for I don't know everything yet. So I'm cool. I'm good with it. It really is funny, isn't it, how yeah. you... Experience with a certain creative will give them more leeway. Absolutely. Of like, oh, I know how they work. This is what this 100%. is set up. This is fine. Yeah, even Just like finding a song by a band and being like, oh, now I get it. I, I I will give you a little bit. Like if it's a band I've never heard before, you've got about thirty seconds to hook me. Yeah. If it's a band I, I've grown to love, you got like two songs into an album yeah. to hook me. Yeah. Like you give them a little bit more leeway because you you're you're familiar with their aesthetic. You like how they cook. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. For sure. So yeah, I'm. I'm. Ex- I think this is a solid first issue. I think it's it's fresh. If I was on board this whole series, I think it'd probably be fresh as fuck. Um, the art, it's not my favorite, but it does. It reminds me of like a Simone de Mayo kind of thing, where that was on uh, Power Rangers and some Radiant stuff for a while. There's there's a a muddy anime style to it. Yeah. Yes. It, it doesn't look bad. It's not my favorite. Like, there's no storytelling issues with it. Right. It's like, fine. There's no, like, I don't know what's happening. The panel breakdown is crap. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like that. It's just a very specific aesthetic that is not my jam. Same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's but it's me. not poorly done. Like, we sometimes will read big two books and it's like, what happened yeah. in this scene? Because it's just mud. I feel like this this style, I don't know uh, where else I've been seeing it, but I... I I feel like I've been seeing this sort of style elsewhere in the Marvel universe, um, but I can't place it right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. I th- it's, for me, it was barely fresh. It was—I don't know if I care about this at all. Yeah, Moon Knight. Um, although that, the the very last page, I was like, oh, I wonder what that's going on. I wonder what that is. Um, oh, I will talk about a book that I read that you didn't read because I took your only copy. <laughs> Neil before Zod. Oh, sorry, Dawn of DC. It doesn't say that. Uh, Neil before Zod, written by. Um, the, uh, very, uh, I don't know, legendary? Is it legendary? He's been around for many years. Who is it? Joe Casey. Oh, nah, he's not legendary. Uh, storied? Storied, yes. Storied Joe Casey. Yes. Uh, and Dan, or with art by Dan McDade, who, um, are you familiar with Dan McDade? Yeah, he did one of the, um. Yep. The, um. TKO, TKO books, books. Yeah. yeah, which I liked, uh, and uh, he did the first chunk of Firefly, the Unification War. Oh, that's right. That's all him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a mildly loose style. 
um, of art, but it's not messy, mm-hmm. um, which I really like. Uh, this book, um, I don't remember when Zod got a planet. I think it happened during Bendis' run or or slightly after. Or I maybe thought it was, it was a War, Philip Kennedy War Johnson World. thing. I thought I it was a... I, I don't know. So it's the, the United Planets was a Bendis thing. Yeah. And then somewhere between then and now, Zod is new Candor. Like he has a planet um, and he's setting it up to revive the inhabitants of the shrunken city of Candor, blah, blah, blah. So it's basically like Superman giving him slack, a, a leash. Like, hey, you think you, I'm, I'm going to give you goodwill to actually support uh, our people like you keep saying you want to, right? So this series is set up with him, Ursa, and his son. Ursa's pregnant with another son. Oh. Um, kind of setting up the planet, setting up new Kandor in order to, you know, bring the Kandorians out. And, and then during the course of the book, you realize the contentious relationship he has with his uh, uh, preteen son, teenage son. I don't know how old he's supposed to be, 12, 13, whatever. Um, what he's actually building, if at all it is peace or not. Like, he's a warlord. He's yeah. meant for war. Uh, and then they get kind of attacked at the end by some alien race that I'm not even familiar with. But it sets up it sets up a little bit of political intrigue with the uh, United Planets obviously not trusting Zod and being very uneasy about this kind of like thing that Superman gave him because Superman is uh, to a fault a little forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not even forgiving, just uh, like, you know, you tried killing me a hundred times. Here's a plan. But this time, (laughs) I'm going to believe you. I'm going to try and kick that football. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, it's a solid read. I didn't care. Okay. But it's really strong. Like it's, 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 I, I can recognize that it's very well done. It's very strong. I like the art. The dynamics between the characters is very well plotted and very well put together. I still don't care about these characters as my primaries, you know, like Mm -hmm. as the ones taking me through the story, I couldn't really grab onto anything other than the fact that like recognizing like this is well done. This is all well done. I do think of uh, all the villain characters, this is the first time we have one that I think actually works with trying to give them uh, some pathos and a story of their own. It's not like every time we take a villain and make him a good guy or something, it gets a little frustrating. This guy kind of makes sense because he did have a very specific thing that he wanted to do. He wanted to, um, what, save Krypton? Man, I don't know. What Zod is this? Right. That's a good point. <laughs> what odd is this? But um, I, I think this character is right for um, mining. Like, you could take him yeah. and his family and tell an interesting story and still have him be a complete piece of shit. Yeah, which this is doing. Yeah. Like, um, and a lot of times you do that, at least narratively you could do that, by just keeping them a piece of shit but putting them against something that is worse than a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, at the end of this issue, they're like, New, Crypt- New Kandor is... I was going to say New Krypton. New Kandor is attacked by... Alien race I've never heard of. Yeah. But he obviously thwarts it. But then, you know, you've got the United Planets being a little like, we're watching you, bitch. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> him being uh, shifty. So, mm-hmm. like, it's interesting. It, it I just don't know how much I care about Zod. Sure. Now, if three or four issues from now I hear that, like, holy shit, this is the best thing that they're doing. And, yeah. oh, my God, I'll jump back in for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I want to check this out because I am interested in Zod. I've always mm-hmm. liked him. Uh, he's sort of an interesting character. I know him from the 1978, uh, or Superman 2, not 78, but 70, um, Superman 2. And, uh, yeah, I- I'll check this out. I think it looks fun. Word is, uh, is there anything else that you've been reading? Uh, I did read, I, I tried it out. I'm not a big Spider-Man 2099 guy, but Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, came out this week, and it is by Steve Orlando. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steve Orlando is not a writer that I genuinely enjoy as much as others, and it's the art uh, artist is Devmalia Pramanik, and who, uh, Pramanik, another guy who looks a little bit like the Capuchino? Moon Knight. Capuccio? Capuccio, that we saw earlier, but mixed with, and I like this, mixed with Rick Leonardi, who is the original mm. artist on the Peter David series That's 2099, cool. Spider-Man 2099. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, remember earlier, I was saying, hey, you know what I like about this Moon Knight is that they're dealing with supernatural characters. Mm-hmm. That's what Spider-Man 2099 is also doing. So, this is be called Beware the Zombie of 2099. And then... Um, the next one will be vampires, and then werewolves, and then it uh, looks like a Frankenstein, and then may- maybe Man Thing. Are these all, are these all one shots? No, it says oh, one, it's... two, three, four, five. Let me see that. Thank God. <laughs> five five years ago, that would have been five different one shots. Yeah, and then it, it would have be... driven me crazy. Uh, but this looks like it's an actual five issue miniseries, and it's just a zombie outbreak in the year twenty ninety nine in the barrio. Um. So, oh, yeah. yo, um, so we have designs now for Moon Knight 2099, Werewolf by Night 2099, mm-hmm. Frankenstein, maybe? Or, no, that's Hyde. Hyde oh, 2099. Thank you. Thank you. And Man Thing 2099. So, I, I am a sucker for like these designs. Yeah. Um, I've, it's not bad. I've personally not enjoyed Steve Orlando Me neither. as a writer. I've tried so many I've, times, I've tried a lot. Um, and it's not even like a, I hate Steve Orlando. It's more no. like a, hey, it's not really for me because I haven't enjoyed any of the stuff I've read. Now I heard that Scarlet Witch is really great. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, I'll read it eventually. Scarlet it, Witch isn't one of my characters that I go, I, I, I right. turn towards. Yeah. And like then it, Steve Orlando, some, I won't say actively keeps me away from a book, but I don't get excited when I see his name. It's mm-hmm. more of like, we'll see how this goes. You know what I mean? Who, um, who else is like that for you? An art like it there... was Joshua Williamson. Oh yeah. But then he—that's why I never give up. I never, never give up, never surrender. Uh, <laughs> it's always someone's uh, a good turn, a good time to check out someone's writing if they're writing a new series. I'll try it out. Mm-hmm. This might be the one, right? It'll um, be the song that you hear that makes you go, "Oh, now I get that band." What about artists? I think I know a couple of artists that you're like, okay. Uh, Greg Land, Rob Liefeld. No, not even bad. Not, like I mean, like ones that are just like, ah, uh, I, I'm reading this book, so I'll keep reading it. But this artist doesn't keep me there. Oh yeah, all of those those names. What's not Str- what's his name? Straczynski. Str- oh, Z- Zdransky. Zdransky. I don't like. Sam and Zdransky. Yeah, I will try it out, but it, it's a struggle for me. Um, I keep thinking Will Sliney. Will Sliney? Absolutely. I mean, he I, was doing I, 2099 stuff for a while. I I can't even. I can't even see in my head his style because it's just so. Because he was doing, he was doing some Star Wars Star stuff, Wars, yes. and it's like it just all looks like Star Wars. There was no like change, so I'm like, oh, uh, okay, Will, Sliny. Yeah. Um, who's the other guy? Greg Land. 
I said that. Greg Horn. Greg Land Horn. Um, the swipers. Yeah. I'm not a giant. Like I, th- it's functional, but it's not. It, it's not dynamic. It's not enjoyable. Yeah. I, I I actively have to struggle through it. Um, but yeah, this was actually. If you like 2099, this ain't bad. <laughs> this ain't bad. Uh, so I, it's fresh enough. It's fresh enough. All right. For sure. Uh, all right. We'll talk to you tonight because we're going to be doing the live stream. Just me mm-hmm. and Noel. Poor Brian has been exposed to COVID, so he's trying to keep his his ass home, even though he's not he's not he's feeling doesn't fine, matter. But uh, he is going to quarantine, so he won't be with us tonight. But tonight we will be discussing Aquaman, the yeah. film Aquaman Two, The Lost Kingdom. Oh, that too. And um, some what if. Some what if. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, what we've been up to and uh, Aquaman Two. We have we have a lot of. Um, we have a lot of things to say about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yeah. Some of them might Some be of surprising. Yeah, Some might of them might you. be obvious. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll talk at you later. you're listening to the cult pop network home to podcasts live shows and a whole lot of fun stuff for every flavor of fan follow us wherever you find your favorite podcast and be sure to join us live every wednesday night at youtube.com backslash cult pop go at 8 p.m eastern while you're there be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the bell icon so you'll know when we drop new thunder rounds and episodes of fresh floppies a spoiler free show about single issue comics released each week until then we'll talk at you later